0: to the official podcast of the Canberra
1: Raiders.
2: Hopioli off the Cesar, Now he puts a kick out, Kroker's there against. oh, Derek
0: What a catch by the skipper!
2: Come join us as we go Behind the Limelight.
3: It's Behind the Limelight time. Welcome to the official Canberra Raiders podcast. Raider Nick, joined by, again, the media team of the Canberra Raiders, Batman and Robin, Ben Pollock, Tommy Logan, gents... Let's go straight into the game. What a win that was. It was going to be a massive task to go down there. All the emotion in the air. You know, Paul Gallen, packed crowd. And to go there and to jag a win after being down at half time. what an effort. Probably one of the best wins of the season.
4: Yeah, Cronulla were definitely up for that game. As you mentioned, all those things. They also had the opportunity to cement a place in the top eight. Um, And they played like they wanted uh, that game badly and, and uh, they came out of the blocks and got out to a 12-0 lead and uh, probably a little bit uh, to do with the fact that they, they were right on top of their game. They completed yeah. well, they, def- they were defending quite strongly, they were um, putting good pressure on us in our own end and it was hard to get out. They had a decent breeze behind their back, which yeah. you probably didn't notice on television that yes. uh, much. It, it was a, definitely worth probably at least a try, I reckon, in that half. Um, but, you know, the resilience of this side to, to come back out um, after... Halftime, and and that's what Ricky spoke about in the sheds at the halftime break. Was you know getting out there and, and making sure that the first fifteen minutes is your best first is your best fifteen minutes, uh, and if you can do that, um, we've got the we've got the team to go on and win the game, uh, and that's what happened.
3: We spoke about uh, the change room at halftime against the Storm and what was said in there. What was said? What was more said there in regards to. The mood at halftime and the belief—always belief—in this team. Um,
4: as we saw against the storm, they came back from eighteen nil. Um, they knew that they didn't have to panic you know, when they came back out in the in the second it's half. Only twelve. That's right. It's twelve. It's it's two converted tries, and when you've got a guy like Jared Croker in your team, four can become six quite easily. Um, although he was he was uh, not much left in the legs after that big run downfield. Mm. He, he was a bit jelly before he kicked the Huge second play, goal. Though. Huge, but play. it was massive, and, um, yeah. and you know. And once we got back to twelve all, I always felt like that that we'd be a massive chance to go on and win. Um, there was only the one time there um, after that, and that's when Townsend kicked his second field goal when they went back up 14-13 with three minutes on the clock. Um, I, I was definitely worried. Um, but they got the ball back, um, professionally worked it downfield, um, eight and kicked field goal number two. And, and then I thought that the period in extra time was absolutely clinical. Mm. They didn't give the Sharks one opportunity to seal a win, um, their defense and the way that they carried the ball, um, they did everything right in that half. They managed that whole 10 minutes or eight minutes or whatever it was perfectly. Um, and then Aiden was able to ice it was a third field goal, which is just phenomenal.
3: Tommy Logan, speaking of that, Aiden Caesar, look, uh, there's no secret there. Our halves have been criticised in all aspects of, of media and fans and all that kind of stuff about no control, no game management. But Caesar proved him wrong. Definitely managed that team to win three field goals, as Ben mentioned. Outstanding performance from Caesar.
1: Yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely come a long way, I guess, with his kicking. You know, especially the, sort of that field goal side of his game. Uh, I know he's been working on that quite a lot um, with certain people here at the club, and it's great to see because obviously that was an area that we struggled in in last year and previous years. And like you guys said, it was just another one of those performances where the opposition were well and truly up for it. We probably weren't at our best. But yep, we came away with the chocolates. So again, it's another sign of just how that's good this team is and sign. their character. He said
4: it in the press conference. He said one of our goals, um one of our boxes to tick this year was winning a game in Golden Point. Mm. Um, you know, and that, that opportunity presented itself on the weekend and Aiden Caesar was able to, to do it. Uh but, you know, five field goals in the in the last I think it was fourteen minutes of play. Uh, that's that has never happened in the in the one point field goal era. Mm. I think the last time somebody kicked more field goals was back in the seventies when they were worth more points. So um, to be able to um you know to have the composure to kick not 1 2 but 3 uh, in that short space of time at the back end of a game where fatigue's a massive issue uh, and pressure is obviously there as well um it's it's full credit to Aiden and I really hope it springboards him into the finals because um he's going to be one very important part um of of what hope we hope is a premiership winning team
3: absolutely I was a little worried about Aiden cuz he kind of really we had him on the podcast and he spoke about how he simplified things going back to Mounties and he brought that Simplification back to first grade And it's been showing in in his performances How he's running the ball and playing some heads up footy Not looking so much lateral But last week against Manly Walker Came out of the line and whacked him a few times And really contained him And I thought, gee, I hope he's not getting rattled from that loss And I was interested to see how he started And he probably had a slow start The team started slow Jeez, he finished strong. Yeah, what was the vibe like at there? It would the, have been just bleeding sharks.
4: Oh, it was all Cronulla. There was a, a smattering mm. of Raiders fans there, but I think the, the fact that the game sold out quite early, sort of prevented mm. a lot of those Raiders fans from mm. making the decision to go late. And um, there was still definitely a, a good little contingent um, on the northwest corner. But just the m- usual drummers and yeah, go. but not what we've seen at some of the other away games this mm. year. Um, it was definitely down on that um, on that usual crowd support we have, and that was probably to do with the circumstances. Obviously, sharks fans were just. You know, picking up tickets in their droves because they wanted yeah. to be there for Gallon's last game. So um, I'm sure we'll see a completely different shift once we get to finals. i um, mm. uh, depending on whether we play the Roosters or the Storm in week one of the finals. I think there'll be massive Raiders support um, at, the, at either of those games, uh, and I, I can't wait for it because um, you know the fans have done such a great job at home here this year, um, keeping us in games and getting behind us. And mm. and those some of those away perf- uh, performances by the fans. I think at Bankwest Stadium, when we played the Tigers there, back to Melbourne a few weeks ago, the support we had in that southern corner um, was just amazing. So I can't wait, wait for uses. it. You Tommy,
3: could- mentioning the away games, the Raiders, I think that's the five or six games in a row away from home now. And obviously playing the GF, you need to win those games away from home. The club hasn't probably been their best in the last, say, decade or so. Probably had one of those teams that probably struggled a little bit away from home. But now they' they're handling it like like anything now, aren't they yeah we've had we've had really good success on the road this year. I don't really know what I can
1: pinpoint it to, but I have noticed that when the team often go away, especially on the long away trips, they do tend to bond a lot more I mean, and they really take out of, on the field yeah, don't they? Mm-hmm. They, they they really enjoy each other's company and it's, and I know it's been said quite a lot, but it, it is a thing and you know they definitely I guess get around each other a lot more whether they're staying in you know for a few days away from home and they get together well, as a team. I don't
4: think they care. Where they play either Mm. Um, I think in
1: the past You know You
4: look at the draw And you go Oh geez, We've got to go and play So and so here And so and so there I don't think they Give a a Rats Where they Mm. play Who they play Um, I mean um, The the injection of these New faces into the squad Like John Bateman In particular There's no uh, baggage He doesn't care where he plays He just Mm. wants to go out And win um, so that's been a really good thing um, And like I said um, For the majority of away games this year We've had really strong support From our supporters too mm. So if we can keep that up Through the
1: final series um, You know it'll, it'll go a long way To helping us get the wins You've got to give it to our away fans They've, they've really sort of Hit the road in numbers this year And you can definitely They definitely make their presence felt I know uh, I think it's Simon With the drum yes. yeah, You can Simon, definitely yep. really feel
3: it. Him and Con That's right you know, Well, It's great to
1: it's yeah. well,
4: Simon uh, As part of members appreciation Around this weekend Is actually going to be on field yes. Leading the Vikings clap with the drum. Excellent. Oh, so it's, it's gross. well it's great. deserved. Yeah, it is. Well deserved and he's a great fella and uh, he Wonderful. Gets, he fella. gets the crowd going and he, he puts a lot of his own time and money into going to the game So uh, well deserved. And he's going to do a good job leading the, bo- uh, the the clap this weekend. He's excited
3: about it. Oh, mate. He's made his week. He had a big uh, write up in the tele- telly last week as yep. well. Had a big interview with him in Sydney because he lives in Sydney. That's so right. does and they he come to the games. He, yeah. They've gone as far as, as yeah. New Zealand to watch the what, team.
4: And you know what? There's other fans with not as much profile as those guys that, that do the same thing. Mm. Um, there's lots of guys from. Um, different walks of life and, and girls as well mm. that that really travel and you see their faces at the away games when you go there and you see them in the crowd and you know how much it means to them so you know to all those people that are listening that have that have made the effort to go and watch us away from home this year thank you because absolutely i, I know it means a hell of a lot to the team and yep. the club um and we just love it when we go there and um, and the boys love going to say hello after a big win too.
3: I would think too, sorry Tommy, I would think when the boys run out for their warm-up and see those familiar faces, not mm. just in Canberra, but those, you know, Simon with the drum and Connor and all those guys, that must give them a little bit of a kick as well. No, these guys are watching us play and they're probably bouncing into that shoes and wanting to come out for them.
1: You definitely hear their presence, especially when that drum gets going and it definitely, it definitely has a bit of a calming influence on the team on the field. You can definitely notice that.
3: Look, Simon, mate, one of those guys that just makes everyone feel a million bucks, Good on you, mate. Keep doing what you're doing and, and go the mighty yeah. Grimish and look forward to seeing you through the finals. All right, last regular season game of the season, of course, last home game, some things happening around Ben. That's right. Members
4: appreciation around this weekend. There's a stack of stuff going on to acknowledge all of our wonderful uh, members who've signed up for this year. Another record, 20,000-plus members. Mm-hmm. Uh, memberships are going on sale in the next week as well for 2020. So um, you know, just a wonderful achievement to have all of you guys on support, and we'll be doing as much as we can on the day to uh, to thank you for your uh, patronage this year. And uh, as we've mentioned, Simon will be leading the, the Viking Clap with the drum. Um, there's Guards of Honors for members um, before the before run out, and also for halftime. Um, we'll be giving away some uh, player worn jerseys at the end mm. of the game. It's Um, all happening There's lots going on So you know Get down there
3: On the weekend 2020 Where has that time gone? It's been 20 years Since the Sydney Olympics
4: There you go It's been 25 years Since the Raiders Last Premiership So let's hope it's one
3: going in the next year. Yeah, life's moving too quick. All right, our fearless predictions on behind the limelight. Crystal Ball, what have you got for us, Ben?
4: Well, I'm going to go for Aiden Caesar to back up um, his really good performance on the weekend. Uh, this season, I think this weekend, I think Aiden's probably got um, a couple of try assists in him. Um, so I'm going to go and put him, him down for two try assists. Uh, and I think um, he'll either do one or the other, kick a 40-20 or score a try.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with one of my personal favourite, fa- fa- well, personal favourite players, Corey Horsborough. I-, I was absolutely shattered when oh. his try was ruled out, out on the weekend, but, and he was um, shattered. Poor yeah. bugger.
3: I, just really hope that he gets off, gets off the mark. Yeah, I haven't backed uh, Bailey Simonson for a while. i look. I've been criticised on the Raiders on mixed call backing a winger. It, it's an it's easy chocolates if you back a winger for a try. So I'm going to go two tries for Bailey Simonson. Yeah, like wing. that, like it. A- Big man's joined us, big papa. Josh, mate, you look a bit tired. <laughs> yeah, early start this morning.
2: I wasn't too bad there.
3: Having said that, it's been a long year. Congratulations for the year that you've had. Of course, backing up from that big medal last year. And I asked you at the start of the year at the at the launch, do you bounce, do you bounce into this year on the back of last year? And you said, absolutely. If you don't, then it's kind of deemed as a fail. And without embarrassing you, congratulations on your form. You've been outstanding for your club. Ricky talks about... The maturity in the team And something tells me you have this connection with him He doesn't need to t- chat to you before the game About having to step up, having to play 80 minutes You just do that naturally now, don't you?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, that comes with, with age And how long I've been here at the club for now And, um, you know, 10 me. years now <laughs> yeah. Old boy, <laughs> um, Yeah, look, Sticky, me and Sticky's uh, relationship there is pretty... Uh pretty nice and firm and um you know, he's one of the coaches I really wanted to play under and um you know, in saying that I was gonna leave the club to go play under yeah. sticky and uh, thankfully he he left that club and he come here and uh, you know, and it's it's been a, a fine career so far but i um, been saying
3: that I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend. You've been in nearly ten years, and when you first got here, you probably struggled with homesickness a little bit. And the former captain at the time, a good friend of ours, Terry Campese, used to take you home and cook you big pots of rice curry to emulate home down there. <laughs> I see you doing that now with the current crop. So you've just kind of changed roles and matured into that role now as that senior man helping out the kids, not just on the field but off the footy field.
2: Yeah, I, I sort of um, you know I didn't realise how how tough it was when I when I first come down. Uh, it wasn't until uh, you know, Terry uh took me over, me and Milford and a few of the, the younger fellas and uh Glenn Buttress, um, you know, always come pick me up, Doogie and uh Josh McCrone. Um, you know, those boys really took uh time out of their day and uh their week to make me feel comfortable and um yeah, look I'm I'm just trying to do my part now with uh I guess the, the young fellas uh, coming through now
4: just on mm. that Papa, i suppose um you know all the boys talk about how um they respect what you do on the field and and how you lead by example that must make you feel uh, pretty good to, to know that you've got the the support of the team and uh the forwards in particular and you know experienced guys like CR dynamis Louis um they talk about what you mean to the team it must be a good feeling for you
2: yeah it is um you know you put a a lot of hard work going into uh one season and um, you know, I'd, I'd sort of put that preseason down to one of my best and um uh, yeah, look looking back and um, you know, I I've had my fair share of uh, you know, off field uh, incidents and um uh, some rough seasons as well and um you know, I'm just in a happy place at the moment. You it's had really a great clean sheet though yeah, compared a,
3: to some of them. That's right. You had
4: it's a great just, origin series this year too. Did that sort of springboard you into the back end of the season. I mean, people talked about how big you were for Queensland in that opening game and throughout the whole series. Mm. Did that that give you the confidence to bring it back to the Raiders and and carry on where you were doing?
2: Oh, yeah, I tried to. You know, I think uh, playing in those big games, you know, all the young fellas look up to. it. um, Yeah, look, I I just try to uh, take one game at a time and try and uh, play my best footy uh, every weekend and uh, that's all I'm trying to do.
3: What does it look like now, Papa? All the boys have come on here and said you're the you're the wolf man, you're, you're the king of the pack. <laughs> they all kind of they all kind of aspired by you'll go forward, whether you realise it or not. What does it look like for Josh Papali now? The modern game for his preparation and, and so forth.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty casual to be honest, Nick. It's um, you know I'd um, say I'm not the most professional, but um, you know when it does come to game time and um, time to be serious, I'm. I'm uh, pretty vocal on that and uh you know the boys sort of know me to be a bit jovial and uh you know I like to joke around and um yeah
4: you're in the you're one of the leaders of the of the team but you know as we said you, you sort of do your your leading with your actions um on the field and and what you do there is that is that something that you just just try and make sure that when you're on there you're doing your bit to to get the team moving in the right direction
2: yeah I don't really have to to do much, uh, you know, getting the kickoff carries now—something <laughs> I'm not really interested in. But oh, look, it's, it's something I'm, I'm willing to do for the team. But uh, oh, look, our teams, uh,
3: <laughs> 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 our, our team's
2: in a, a good position at the moment, and uh, yeah, look, I don't have to do much. I just have to do my job, and um, you know that that really helps the team out.
4: You've had some big moments this year. None probably bigger than. In terms of a Raiders moment, then scoring that try against yeah. the Storm down there, and check cheeky little grin at the, the <laughs> crowd, you said, but it also happened to be straight down the barrel of the camera. That must have been a pretty, a pretty good feeling to to get the ball down in a game like that. I mean, that was an incredible game. Yeah, it was.
2: Um, you know, with the, um, you know, with what we had to handle that game, uh, being down uh, to twelve players for um, twenty. 20 minutes and then, dynamis off for a set of six where they could have scored. Uh, you know, I thought the boys really dug deep and uh, you know just showed that, that character we're trying to build here and uh, their foundation that uh, you know we, we have as a squad. It's uh, it's really showing on field.
4: You tasted it in 2016 in terms of finals and yeah, uh, back in 2012 I think it was you were involved in that final series as well as a younger player. Um, now that you've had that experience, particularly in sixteen, does it make you really hungry for what's ahead over the next few weeks? Because you know how close you got last time to, to being in a grand final, and, and you know what you need to do to get there this time.
2: Yeah, I think uh, with the sixteen team as well, it's um, you know we, we went pretty close, and uh, you know making that grand final, and uh, you know we we had a stellar season there sixteen, but we're, we're not going to dwell on that. It's um, you know from. From that sixteen uh, season, we've had players stay on and uh, players go, but uh, you know we're fortunate enough to to have a lot of players stay on and uh, sort of grow that uh, maturity as a team. And uh, you know, three years down the track, we're uh, we're looking um, you know to go in the same spot and hopefully go further.
3: You mentioned it's the the crux of the team is quite similar. Are you feeling the burn for missing last year and the year before? I mean, it was such a, a great world whirlwind. For you guys in 2016 And it engages the crowd Engages the community And it's all a nice fluffy feeling And you get a taste of that buzz Of playing at the big stage That's what we want to be playing September football Two years absent Is there a burn back there? Is there an extra reason To go harder now?
2: Yeah personally I, For myself uh, You know there is um, You know I didn't have The, the best uh, You know two seasons uh, Leading into this one And uh, You know being dropped Earlier in the season uh, I just really wanted To help the the club and the boys uh, um you know reach finals footy again and it has been a while since sixteen and uh but thankfully you know time has flown and uh, we're here Back now. Again. And, uh, That's it. uh we're 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 looking in uh to cement a, a top top four um you know spot and hopefully uh yeah upsetting a few How teams. How much
3: do you love playing in the middle now compared to the edge?
2: Uh yeah, I love it, eh?
3: It's uh Because you didn't.
4: In oh, earlier yeah. earlier yeah. in your career You sort of said yeah. oh,
3: I'd rather be on the edge
4: And
2: um, Running a halfbacks I I, still <laughs> <my goals. laughs> I think Tim
3: Sheen's put you there For the Australian side Or was it Mal Put you there earlier They tried you there at 10 Yeah And then you kind of came back And then eventually You found yourself you in club land at Yeah
2: 10. Yeah I think um, Sticky Started me in 2015 I think uh, I had a few uh, Games there And I just really Found it hard to um, You know Find my feet there And mm. Uh, so he stuck me back on the on the on the edge and then um you know didn't have the the best of seasons and um yeah and then uh, getting dropped last year um due to to bad form and uh yeah went back to Mounties and played front row and um you know I'd, funny enough i I'd stuck out there for for eighty minutes and um sticky must have watched that game and <laughs> come back and
3: we are playing like, 80, have a back since. Were you playing yeah. eighty minutes after. There were a few games this year where you backed up from origin and only played 80 minutes. Yeah. Uh, what are they feeding you at home, mate? What's he missing feeding you? <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can I have some? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh,
2: the golf course is feeding us lately. Um, <laughs> no, nah, um, oh, look, I, like I said before, I'm just in a happier place. And, uh, it's all mental, they uh, go in 80 minutes. Yeah, I, I love playing for this club and, and these group of boys as well.
4: What I love, Papa, is that at the end of every game, there's a group of guys, yourself, Sia, Jared Croker, a couple others chance you you just your your interaction with the supporters and the fans is just second to none you know you make sure every week um, you've either got me or 40 or someone chasing you up to get you in the to to the sheds after a game because you're spending all that time out there meeting the kids how much do you love that part of it
2: yeah I love it it's um, you know I I guess running out and um, it doesn't matter what jersey the kids wearing it's um, you know I look back and um, you know, I've got kids on my own and, um, you know, soon my, my time's going to come to an end and I'm going to be that parent that's pushing my kid to go get, uh, you know, someone else's signature and, um, yeah, look, the, the kids love it and, and they're all innocent as well and, um, you know, they're not the ones out there bagging us and um, they love the sport and we, we're trying to, uh, you know, branch the sport out to the world and uh, the only way we can do that is, um, you know, look after our youngsters.
3: Do you ever get a moment where you smell the roses thinking where oh, I was that kid getting chasing Alfie Langer's autograph or something I think in Brisbane and now that kid's coming to me. Do you ever get it like a bit of a shot of reality like that? And does that give you the more gratitude?
2: Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I I sort of didn't know the the Raiders uh, back then. It's, it was always the Broncos, the Bulldogs and and the Warriors. But uh the first time I seen the camera team, uh, you know, Dan Tills walked past me and I <laughs> sort of gave me a shock. I was like, oh fuck. This goes on, still, <laughs> I'll, I'll never play an arrow. <laughs> but um, yeah, look I, funny enough, I I got
3: to play with Dan Tilson. Um, you yeah, know, absolute legend of the club as well. Because you snuck into the scene back then, eh, in twenty twelve. You kinda came mm-hmm. in on the back end and you played a lock and uh um, back row in the in the game. Back, I remember.
4: You sort of gained a bit of infamy when you uh went up against Gal in that, um, in that final. game but
3: before that you played the Roosters and we beat them on a Monday night and it was I think good old Toddy Carney said on Fox saying, gee, that Trush Papali, where did he come from? <laughs> but from that day onwards, you really made a name for yourself and you really planted your ground. I think Fernsey put a carrot in front of you to say, take on Gal, and didn't you take him on? Yeah. It's, There's a um, whole song about yeah. it out there. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that game sort of
2: comes up, um, you know, every season, every time we're, we're taking on the Sharks. Um, yeah, it's probably a, a game I'll probably never forget. It's um, – you know, watching Gal playing for Australia, New South Wales, and um, you know Fernsie asking me to just try and play your best game, and uh, in front of me was Gal, and I was, um, you know, I was pretty scared flight at the flight. time, but um, yeah, I, I guess once you get into that mood, you, it sort of doesn't matter who it is. You you try and do your your best job for the team.
3: Do you walk away from that? Sorry, Ben. Do you walk away from that with your bag after your shower, thinking, wow, I've I've made it today. I've arrived. I've just <laughs> taken on a international. I've matched it with him." you walk away with a buzz and, and you kind of kick on from there? Uh, There's little ha-ha oh, moments and you oh, Knowing I'm, you, Papa,
4: you're probably – he's always the last bloke out of the sheds. Yeah. He's, he's pretty tired after <laughs> a game. He's probably forgotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look,
2: I, I, uh, you know, after every win, I, I try and, um, you know, soak it in and enjoy that moment. And, um, you know, I think that's what we're trying to build Uh, this year's enjoying moments like that and uh, you know after losses as well I've I've been um, you know I've told the missus and kids go home and uh, I've arrived home four hours later Um, but yeah I think you know this season I'll just really try to um, embrace um, every moment and yeah still trying to.
4: As we wrap it up what would it mean for Josh Papali uh, and this club to to be there in that first weekend in october and and hold that trophy at the end. What would it mean at the end of a, a final series to do that
2: yeah, pretty good it's, uh yeah i don 't want to get too ahead of myself and um, yeah, I think we're, all the boys are pretty focused uh we know how close we are um but like I said before it's we still haven 't done anything yet once uh, round games are gone and and dusted up it's uh finals is a you know a new beast, and uh we 'll try and tackle that women there.
4: Mate, thanks for talking to us today. Um, you're a beast yourself. We look forward to this weekend and, and hopefully another few uh, before we wrap things up this season. All the best, mate, for the rest of the year.
2: Cheers. Thank you. What strength! What power! What grand final! couple the for the This the final.
0: Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic
1: 1989
3: grand final victory. G'day, Ray and Nick here. And this week we speak to a man, or let's just say kid, from the Balmain Tigers that marked up against Malmeninga in the centres that day on Grand Final Day. A man that went on later to represent his country and of course his state's kangaroo tools with the Canberra Raiders players. Did he kickstart his career after 89? Maybe. This week as we go back in time to 89, it's with Balmain Tigers centre, Tim Brasher. How you doing Nick? Mate, I'm good. Uh, really good after the 89 gala. It must have been a good thing for you and Sierra to be invited down to that and it wasn't just one night of celebrations, it was two.
0: Yeah, no, we had a, a couple of good nights. Good to catch up with the boys and, um, you know, obviously uh, commiserate slash celebrate uh, the great game the 89 grand final was.
3: Now, you were just a young fellow there. Dave, I think you were about 18, 19 there in the centres there, Tim.
0: Yeah, I was 18, uh, still in high school. Um, doing my HSC or well, trying to anyway.
3: <laughs> that was a, that would have been a whirlwind for you running out on the SFS on grand final day, rugby league's biggest dance. But at the time, there were blokes like uh, you know Ricky Stewart and Laurie Daly, Bradley Clyde, who weren't really justified yet in the game. But marking up against blokes like Mal Meninga and Kerry Belcher, what were you thinking during that game?
0: Yeah, well, for me, uh, obviously Mal was huge because I was a centre then, and I was mm. uh, you know I was. I think I was 78 kilo, uh, and I think that's about the same size as one of his legs, probably his left one. <laughs> so um, I, I think he was probably scared of me. But um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it was quite daunting. But I, I was a cheeky little kid that uh, was a little cocky, and uh, you know I was pumped to uh, play against Mal. Didn't know how I was going to tackle him. I uh, wasn't quite sure, but um, you know uh, to be there, amazing. I, you know, all the grand finals I watched as a kid. You know, my my first grand finals was, was the '76 uh, draw. I think it was some George, Parramatta. Then I just remember watching all these, you know, the the Kennys, the Stirlings, um, Ray Price, the Canterbury uh, years. You know, when uh, all of a sudden I'm you know, still in school and I'm in the grand final. It was amazing.
3: Being still in school, it, did it really sink in yet, or you're probably having that youth ignorance that your nervous system really didn't know what you're going ahead?
0: With? Absolutely. You know, I was I was pumped. It was it was cool. I was enjoying the ride. Uh, you know, it was my I started the year in number twenty ones on the wing
2: because
0: mm. the, uh, the the twenty ones coach thought I couldn't tackle in the centre. So uh, next minute I'm uh, I'm playing first grade. Eight weeks later, so oh, yeah. it was uh, it was interesting. But um, you know, I was just pumped to being first grade. My goal was obviously I wanted to win the game, but uh, I knew what happened the year before with the boys in mm. Canterbury. But um, you know, I thought this was the beginning of a, you know, a career, and in the end, it was the beginning of a great career. But uh, without a grand final, I, I never got to get there again.
3: Well, it was the beginning of a great, great career for yourself. It seems like 1989 was the first wave of of rock starting for many, many people. Let's talk about Bill Harrigan. He became, you know, well, well known <laughs> after that, and he got lots of you know the high, more important games. He refereed a few grand finals. Then you look at the Raiders boys. Obviously, Ricky, Laurie, those young blacks, Lazarus and, and Waltus and, and Clyde, all kind of graduated on a bigger and better things. And then yourself as well. You became international fullback and you played Origin. Was the 89 a good kickstarter for you?
0: Absolutely. I think that was a good kickstarter. I think, um, you know, I, I kind of probably fell into a little bit of the second year syndrome the next year. Mm. Um, but then, you know, kicked myself in the butt and got, got back out of it. Then started my representative career. But, yeah. Um, Obviously, representative football, after playing that grand final, having such a great first year, uh, rep footy was where I wanted to be. Um, and, uh, you know, I played a, a fair few curtain raises up there in Lang Park as a schoolboy and mm-hmm. uh, and under, under 16s and 17s. And, you know, to be part of that and feel it, um, I just wanted to be a part of the big game, not the little game beforehand.
3: What's it like now, 30 years down the track, Tim, knowing that uh, you're involved in what's touted to be the most the best grand final ever.
0: Yeah, no, that was, I suppose it's a consolation for uh, for losing is that uh, it got rated so, so highly. Um, mm. You know, uh, definitely proud to be a part of that grand final. It was an amazing game. Uh, so many things, you know, the, <laughs> the drop of a hat, you know, anything could have happened differently and uh, we win probably three or four or five occasions it could have happened. But then saying that, you know, they were there. They combated whatever that was that happened and, uh, and they ultimately won the game. And that, you know, when it came to extra time, they, they certainly had you know, just more gas in the tank than we did.
3: Post game, how, how did you process the loss like that? We speak about this Big Zero. He just couldn't wait to get back to work. So we get his mind off things and, and block said he moped around in bed for a couple of days. Junior was similar. How was Tim Brasher after the 89 loss?
0: Oh mate, I'm not that blocker, but I remember seeing him in the cross the next day, and we hadn't been asleep yet, so he, he waited a couple of days before that happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we still we, we still commiserated as a team together, and uh, we spent a, a pretty much a full full day and a half together, and um, you know it, it was tough. Um, obviously, harder for the guys that had been there for so long, had come through the 80s and built this great grand uh, Balmain team that I had the fortune to come into, but. Um, for me, I was like, oh, you know, I was definitely upset and filthy. But I thought, wow, first first year grand final. How many more grand finals am I going to play? I, mm. You know, I, I certainly thought I was going to get there again. And uh, you know, as it, as it worked out, I, I didn't. But um, that's probably the reason that I uh, I concentrated in place, played so well in Origin, and
3: the Raiders and the Tigers became somewhat rivals. For the next couple of years after that, but you became good friends with with Ricky, Laurie, and, and Clyde at Origin level, and then with Mal and Boxer at a couple of Kangaroo tours there. How was it like befriending those uh, Canberra enemies?
0: Oh man, I, I think the old enemy thing changed in my era. I think uh, i, I you know yeah, your '60s, '70s when you you pretty much lived in the area. Mm. If you you had to live in the area to play for the club with, and the old Sydney comp. Mm. So then there was, you know, the old Fibros versus the uh, silver tails. I remember when I was a West fan, you know, we were the Fibros. We played manly. We hated manly. But I think in my era, um, we, we all came up playing together. Uh, um, and, uh, and when you're playing rep footy, you've you got to get over that and, and put the other hat on and be teammates. And, you know, the bottom line is I mean, uh, 99% of the guys out there you play with Great guys, you know, there's always one one in every team that uh, (laughs) Mm. you know, everyone kind of stays away from, but uh, you know, it's uh, you know, after it, you have a beer together,
3: Brash. In closing, there's one question I ask all the players on this podcast that were involved in the game, whether they're on your side for the Tigers or for the Raiders. Is there something you take out of that grand final experience that altered us all in so many ways, whether we're fans, players, coaches, commentators, anyone? Is there something you take out of that whole experience and apply to your life today?
0: Oh, man, I, I take out of it the fact that, you know what, you give your best and you don't always win, but it doesn't mean you're a loser. Mm. You know, like uh, it, you can hold your head up high in defeat and I think that's what we did that day. Is it? Uh, and obviously Sarah and I coming down to the Raiders who were very classy on what they put on for us and, uh, you know, uh, we, we held our head up high because we were part of a great grand final and... Uh, I think that's the lesson to be learning of that is there was was no losers in the day.
3: Well, Tim, always good to talk to you. Thanks for spending time with us and thanks for talking to us as we go back in time to 89 on the Behind the Limelight podcast.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.